Father, we, we bless you and we thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness and your love towards us. We thank you, Lord, that we can gather here. Indeed, Lord, we've acknowledged, Lord, the freedom that you have given us. We've remembered you in communion. We've lifted your name up in worship. And Lord, now we are about to hear from you through your word. I pray your anointing upon, upon your word and upon myself as I speak, Lord. That I will speak through the unction and the power of your spirit. That our hearts will be, will be challenged, transformed. For those that may be hearing, Lord, over the, the internet and the media, I pray, O oh God, for that this word would be a blessing to them. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray. Amen. Okay. Well, this is loud. <laughs> okay. Um, it's two days to Christmas, is it? I can see the stress on everybody's face. I look at your face for you. I can see. I know the feeling. You know, I have, um, you know, I, it was yes, yesterday. Uh, I was, I was um, just in the studies, just reading. And I just felt this heaviness. I just felt headache. And I just felt really just worn down, drained. But nonetheless, I... I carried on. I give God thanks uh, for being here today and for keeping me and keeping you alive. You know, so much, so much has been said about the amount of people that have lost their, their lives, that are still dying in hospitals everywhere around the world. And, and yet we celebrate the birth of a savior. You know, I, 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 I let, let, me, let me read the scripture first of all, that um, the scripture first of all that God has given me to share. It's a story. And through that story, I want us to, to hear and to see what the Lord is actually saying to us. It's a story that we, may, we are familiar with or we may be familiar with, but nonetheless, that's what the Lord has laid upon my heart. Um, if you go to Luke chapter 19, and thank you, Luke chapter 19, I want to read a story, and then I'll come back, and then go through, go through it, and bring out the points, I believe. The Lord uh, has spoke to me about and hope it will be encouragement to all of you as he has been to me. Luke chapter 19, I want to read from verse 1 to verse 10. It's a story about uh, a man called Zacchaeus. It's a story about a man called Zacchaeus. You probably have read that story while you're probably in your, you know, Childhood days, you've had a story told. But you probably haven't visited that story for a long, long time. 
So um, I don't know why the Lord brought Zacchaeus into my thoughts that I should look at Zacchaeus, but that's what that's what he brought to my to my thoughts, and I paid some attention to that. And I'm going to share with you um, some of my thoughts. Okay, I still am not happy with this mic. It's a bit. Can you take the mid-range frequency down and bring the low one up? <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay, that's better. Luke chapter 19 from verse 1. I'm reading from the New American Standard Version Bible. And it says, He entered Jericho and was passing through. And there was a man called by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was, and was unable because of the crowd, for he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree in order to see him. For he was about to pass through that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for today I must stay at your home. And he hurried and came down and received him gladly. When they saw it, they all began to grumble, saying, He is going to be the, the guest of a man who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my possessions I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will give back four times as much. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And I want you to pay attention to those two verses, verse 9 and 10. Jesus said unto him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come, to seek and to save that which was lost. You know, I, I, I read the story and I read it over and over again and, and, and I, I was having this conversation, conversation with the Lord regarding it. You see, most, this is the Christmas time, this is the time that the whole world, whether you they believe it or not, acknowledge something did happen. People are preparing to celebrate those that, those that know the Lord, those that have a relationship with him, those that don't have a relationship with him, join in the whole 
caboose of what is going on. And everybody's caught up in this festivity and this joyousness that seems to be in the atmosphere. And there's good wishes and goodwill towards men. Peace on earth being reigned, carols being sung, scriptures being read concerning the birth of the Lord. The little baby born in a manger, we get all uh, flurry and all uh, fluffy about all this um, celebration and the event itself, get carried away with the wise men. All of that plays a part. But while I was, while I was thinking through all of this, questions came to me. How did we get here? How did mankind get to the place where God himself has to come? Because that little baby in the manger that we celebrate and sing about is God in the flesh. But how did we get here? You see, the story of Christmas doesn't actually start at Christmas. It goes all the way back to the book of Genesis. It goes where the trouble started. It goes back to where things went wrong. And how God had promised to bring things back in order. In Genesis chapter, chapter 2, it says... From verse 16, after creating Adam and creating man and giving him authority and, and blessing him and giving him uh, reign over, over the earth and everything else that he's created, he said in, in 16, the Lord God commanded the man saying, from any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. That was a clear, simple instruction. Up to that point, man was in peace. Man was having a flawless relationship. I wish it stayed that way. Man enjoying the presence of God. God was speaking to man. Not just audibly, he was speaking to them. Man had that relationship unbroken with the Lord. And he gave a clear instruction to Adam and said, he said, but from the, from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. From the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. And guess what? Man broke the commandment. Sin came into the world. Disaster upon disaster. From that point on, we're in trouble. And God said in, in um, chapter 3, when he was passing the judgment on the devil who caused it, 
He said, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman. This is God addressing Satan. And between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. And God placed to get away a plan in place to begin to restore that relationship that was broken. So it was from that point on that trouble started in the world. Right through from Genesis all the way on to the last book of the Old Testament in Malachi was God trying to have a relationship with people, with fallen men, but disaster after disaster. He chose a particular group of people that he called his own, and he they were supposed to be the model for humanity of how to relate to a righteous God. But they broke his commandment, they broke his law, he sent them into exile, they became slaves 400 years. Basically, there was no joy until he decided that he had to come. And that was the only way we could be restored. So that's where the story of Christmas really started. It didn't start from the manger. God came down in person to this broken wall, to this wicked wall. It was interesting what we were doing a Bible study this morning. We were, talk, we were looking about the Pharisees and then we, uh, the story we did on the, the, the healing of the paralytic man how his friends really tore the roof off and brought his, this man down before Jesus for healing. And Jesus turned around and said to this man, your sins are forgiven. He didn't immediately deal with the problem that this man had. But the, the Pharisees, those custodians of the law, those that knew the law, those that considered themselves righteous, said to how can you do that? You know, you know this, he's a sinner. They never saw themselves as sinners. And Jesus went on and, and healed this man after dealing first with the sin. And, and I think the point there was we get priorities mixed up in life. We are in a situation these days where right is seem to be wrong. Wrong things are being declared as the right things. Things are in, in a, we're in a place where uh, if, you, if you're not connected with the Lord, if you're not connected with the scriptures, you don't know what right from wrong. You, we, we're being sucked into accepting standards that are now standards of the scriptures, standards of the God that we, we serve. So it's in this backdrop that I want us to look at the, the, the life of, of this young man, Zacchaeus. Now, Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. He'd been ministering all along. He'd met thousands of people on the road. He'd healed the sick. He's been teaching his disciples. So he's on his way to Jerusalem. He's on his way to die. That baby in the manger grew up and 
did the things that he had to do and was on his way to die, to Jerusalem. And then he met this, this man on the way. He said to, the scriptures say, and there was a man called by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was very, very rich. Now, <laughs> there, there have been rich men in the Bible. And I, I don't know whether you remember the rich young ruler that came to the Lord. And again, um, it's interesting when you read the scriptures and you read the stories and see how Jesus interacted with different people and what you learn from that and what I learned from it. And this rich young ruler who came to the Lord and came and, and said to him, listen, I have, you know, and called him good master and said, I've, I've kept all the laws, you know, I've, I've followed my, you know, what the religious, you know, believe, my religious beliefs, I've kept all the laws from my youth upward. Basically, he was, he was trying to justify his, his position before the Lord and, and, and asked him a question, what else can I do to be saved? Well, this man was, the Bible said he was rich. And here we have a, another man, a tax collector, hated the tax collectors, the tax man like, he, like today. I don't, like the ta- I don't know if anybody loves the tax man. Tax, hate the tax man. The tax collectors were hated. They were despised in the, in the community. Yeah, they were not tolerated, no good things said about them. This man was very rich. Compared to the rich man that came and said to him, I've kept all the laws, this man didn't come to Jesus saying, I've kept all the laws. And Jesus, when Jesus said to that man who said, I have kept all the laws for my child days, Jesus said, well, okay, but one thing you do lack. He says, go and sell everything that you have. Give it to the poor. You would have treasures in heaven. Then come and follow me. I bet he didn't hear you would have treasures in heaven. I bet he heard, go and sell everything and give it to the poor. Because Jesus was trying to get to his heart. But here we have a rich man in the, in the, the story about a man who was rich, a tax collector. Verse 3 says, Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was and was unable because of the crowd, for he was small in stature. And when I, when I read that, I had to pause. You know, there are people, like I said, we're at this end of the year, December 25th is two days away, and from January 2018 to December 25th, there have been people that have been trying to see the Lord. Whether we whether we accept, accept that or not, that is the case. There have been people that have been going through stuff and trying to find answers and solutions to the life's problems that they encounter. There have been people, people that have probably come into church and looking to see Jesus 
we are representatives of Jesus. Those of us that are, have taken his name, those of us that are born of his spirit, he dwells within us. People these days are trying to see Jesus how not through the babe in the manger, but through us that are ambassadors and representatives of him now on earth. Now, do we square up to that? Do we match up to that? People come our way every day in life. People come to this house every Sunday. Not everybody that may have come in here are probably saved. They may have come in here just to hear and to meet with Jesus. You don't know what's going on in people's heart. So Zacchaeus was trying to see Jesus, but he was impeded. One, because of the crowd. Secondly, because of his stature. There are things that are hindering people seeing Jesus today. And that's the challenge we need to take on. As we come into this time of Christmas, it's a great opportunity. It's a great opportunity to represent who Jesus is, not just in our homes and families, but in, this, in a community where we live. People are seeking Jesus. The story goes on to say, so Zacchaeus made so much effort, so much effort to try and see this man that he is heard of. So he ran on ahead and the scriptures and climbed up into a tree. I, I, I couldn't help but, but realize how much this man wanted to see Jesus. You see, there are people that make so much excuses about giving their heart to the Lord. Even when you take the opportunity to share the gospel with them, they would find reasons for not wanting to accept. They're not ready. This is a, this is a despised man in the community, though he was rich. But somehow, I couldn't help but believe that his heart has been prepared by the things he may have heard of Christ, by the things he may have seen of him, but his heart has been prepared, maybe by the challenges and the criticisms that he's probably got from the community, being despised by the Pharisees, I don't know. But somehow in his heart, to go all the way to make such an effort to want to see Christ, you hardly see that these days. At least not in this country that I'm, I'm residing at the moment. Maybe after Brexit, when, when Brexit is, you know, we will begin, people will actually come to their senses. But, but the effort that, that he made to come and, and see this man, and when the Bible used the word see here, it, it wasn't just about, about looking at this man or just looking at the physical man or just seeing who he's, what he's dressed in. It was more than that. The word used there actually means to engage not just in the physical sights, but engage in the thinking and the mind. To process that which he probably have heard 
from others to process that through his spirit. He's seeing Jesus meant more than just looking at a person passing by. The effort that he placed in doing that is a lesson for us. And for those of us that are still out there and making excuses after excuses, time is running out. Christ is coming. He will come. He will come. God will judge. Time is running out. The Bible says when Jesus, verse 5, when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down for today and must stay at your house. The only reason why Jesus would have looked up, now he did, Jesus never met this man. Yet still, walking on his way with his disciples, come to a particular place, stopped and looked up. He knew, he knew that man up the tree, he knew that already. He knew that that heart was ready and prepared for him. We have people we come across. And this is where we need to be alert as God's children, as those of us that carry the Lord within us, those of us that are possessed with his spirit, those of us that have been privileged to take on his name. When we, when we, when we get together, when we come on Sunday and we have the time of worship and we have the time of praise and we, and we celebrate, we don't leave Jesus here. He is with us. And we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit as to when he says to us, look at that way. Look at that person. Turn to the left. Do this. And do that. You see the same thing operating in Jesus' life. This is, this is part of the reason why he has to dwell within us. This is part of the reason why the Holy Spirit is the key to a continued living and a continued ministry on this earth. Jesus looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry, calm down. Can you imagine his excitement? For today I must stay at your home. Zacchaeus did not invite Jesus into his home. When I, when I looked at that, he did not invite Jesus. Jesus invited himself to Zacchaeus' home. This is what happens with, with hearts that are prepared for the Lord. The Lord will come in and will sup with us. The scripture says when we, if we hear his voice, we shouldn't harden our hearts. He will stand at the door of our hearts and he will keep knocking. And some from January to December 25 this year, God has been knocking on people's doors. He has been knocking on the hearts of, the, of people. Through the circumstances, through the situations that they have been going through, God has been, God has been knocking on their heart. And some of them are ready to welcome him. And we cannot afford to miss that opportunity this season. We cannot afford to do that. 
and, the, and verse 6, it says, And he hurried and came down and received him gladly. When they saw it, they all began to, to grumble, saying, He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my possessions I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will give back four times as much. I could, I could pay to hear the conversation that went on in, in Zacchaeus' home between Jesus and Zacchaeus. That conversation for, that would have gone on between the two of them to the point where he, he had to say, all the things that I have done wrong, I'm going to make it right. Christmas is for us, for those of us who have the Lord, those of us who have a relationship with him, we do get it wrong from time to time. We do miss the mark. It's also an opportunity for us, not just in terms of celebrating, like the world does, but to, to put things right with him again. To examine our lives in relation to him. Zacchaeus decided that I, he was going to give four times as much as he's taken from people, which shows the state of his heart. Verse 9 says, And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. Salvation has come to this house. Jesus is not a babe just born in a manger. His appearance brings hope. His presence brings hope. His presence brings health. His presence brings salvation. The word salvation there, the word used for it, doesn't just mean a born-again experience. It doesn't just mean what the conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus, unless a man is born again, he can... It doesn't just mean that. It means a wholesomeness, a completeness. It means your heart restored, your well-being being made whole. That's what that word means. Today, wholesomeness has come to this house. If you're in here this morning, whatever the state, whatever the situation, whatever you're going through, whatever your thoughts are, where you are, God exactly knows. Jesus exactly knows what you're thinking about. And he's saying, today, in this house, salvation has come. If there are anybody in here that's probably struggling and have been struggling from January to December to get to grips with the situation and circumstances that you've been facing, I want to encourage you today that salvation has come to you. You haven't even gone to him. Do, 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 understand this. Zacchaeus didn't invite Jesus. Jesus invited himself. Today, if you're in here, salvation has come to you. Wholesomeness. Good health. You know we wish good health and prosperity. Good health. Your well-being. Financial trouble. Salvation. Wholesomeness has come. And then Jesus gave the reason 
to the rest of the world. Because that was a statement that was made to the rest of the world. Some people don't know why that baby in the manger came. But I want to tell those that are listening and those that can hear, this is the reason he came. To seek and to save those that are lost. I, I, was, I was just thinking about that statement. And you know what it means? To seek, just not, it doesn't just mean to, go, to find, to go and look for people, to go and look for those that are lost so that he can save them. No, it doesn't mean that because everybody's lost. <laughs> the fact that he came is because everybody's lost. So it means more than that. So it means, well, when I looked into the word, what it actually means, it's, it's, it's also a mental, a thought process, how he would plot his way to engage them so that they can be saved. Hence the reason for him using his parables and speaking the way he spoke to people, using the things that they can identify and understand so that he could engage them mentally to, to translate the hope that he has onto them. Today, Jesus' celebration around the world takes on different shapes and forms. But for us here today, the challenge is that we are representatives of him. For those of us who, are, who call him Lord, who lift, will lift a hand in worship to him as we did this morning, we sing of his name. For those of us who bear that sort of relationship, we have this responsibility. We are the light and we are the salt. You may not feel that way. You may not think that way. It's more than how you feel and think. It's what you know you are. I, want to, I, I just want to stress it. That's who you are. The God that created the universe now dwells within us. I know it's hard to imagine it, but that's, that's what he says. Without that, we have no hope. Without that, without, without that we, we cannot be the light. We cannot be the soul. Without that, we miss out so much on the love that he has demonstrated towards us by coming himself. So I want to challenge us. You know, while I was thinking, while I was, while I was um, finishing this, a Christmas song came to me. I don't know why, it just, it just came to me. And uh, I, I guess the Holy Spirit wanted to use that to, to make a point to me. The song is by one, Last Christmas. Probably some of you know the, the song, Last Christmas. And he says, I just give you the words. They're inspired words. Sometimes, you know, people that may not be saved can write things that are inspired, that would challenge us. And it's a, it's a popular song. And it says, last Christmas, I gave you my heart. But the very next day, you gave it away. 
this Christmas to save me from tears, I'll give it to someone special. I, I, I bet the person who wrote this song would never have seen it the way I'm trying to explain it today. There are people last Christmas, last December 25, they gave their heart to something, someone else. And right throughout 2018, he has been disastrous. They've been let down. There have been tears shed, hearts broken. And in some cases, has resulted in death. But this Christmas, the songwriter says, to save me from tears. This is what God wants to do with someone this Christmas. God wants to save somebody from further tears going into 2019. And God is saying this Christmas, as you visit that babe in the manger, this Christmas, I want you to give me your heart to save you from the pain and the tears that you have suffered throughout 2018. You can't afford to give it to somebody else. It could be your very last Christmas. But this is the message this morning to those of us and those of you listening. God is asking you that this Christmas give me your heart. I will come to you. I'll make my home and my abode with you. I will walk with you throughout 2019. I will be there to dry your tears when they come. I will shield and protect you. I will be all that you want me to be to you. And I pray this morning, and I challenge us as we listen, for those that are not in this position, I haven't experienced that relationship with the Lord throughout 2018, that this is your opportunity. This moment, this time, you may never have again. The scripture says, if you hear his voice today, do not harden your heart. Do not, don't put it off. Don't put it off. No one guarantees you or me your next breath. No one. So I encourage every one of us, for those of, for those of us that are saved, those of us that are enjoying a healthy relationship with the Lord, despite some of the challenges and problems, because they will be there, 
but we, are, we know we are safe. We know that if our breath stops this minute, we have eternal home with him. We know that. So we, we, can, we can endure the hardship and the pain. But for those that are enduring hardship and pain and then don't know who Christ is, don't accept this baby in the manger as Lord, this is the opportunity. I want us to just bow our heads. If you can, please. If you know that you are not at the place where you can truly say that I am saved. Jesus has sought me out and saved me. If you are not at that place, I want you to consider this today. That you've heard him speak to you this morning. Consider giving your heart to him. If you have given your heart to the Lord and you're enjoying a relationship with him and you want to know him more, I'll ask you to consider engaging with him in his word at a deeper level. Father, thank you, Lord. That you came because you loved. Thank you that you've allowed me to speak to those that have ears to hear. And you're saying to them, let them hear. I pray in the name of Jesus today that everyone under the sound of my voice that have heard you would not walk away from you without giving their heart to you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, as, as we celebrate you that we remind ourselves that we are ambassadors, that you dwell within us. That when people visit our homes and visit us where we are, that they're not just coming for material things, but they're coming 
to see Jesus in us. Some may not even know why they have come to visit us. Some may not even be thinking that way, but God help us to have a mindset, to have a, an attitude to engage in seeking out those that are lost, like you did. And to share this good news that God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever will believe in him will not perish but have eternal life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We, uh, we.